0: So you're saying to yourself, yo, sir, dude, I wanted to see Kevin Smith in Halifax, Nova Scotia, but the motherfucker sold out. Well, after I shed a tear for you, I highly recommend bookmarking csmod.com. That's the place on the worldwide interwebs to see all upcoming Smodco shows updated with linky links to ticky tickets. Say it with me, baby. csmod.com. Nice. Ooh, I just got a little hard there. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir, love, with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Me. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on merchandise. Hey
1: everyone, this is Jack Morrissey welcoming you to
2: Team Jack episode 15. I don't wanna know. Which is apparently the City Hall reference that I, I fucked that you up. you blew last time. last time. Because City Hall is such a memorable film, and I, I somehow blanked on every single line in it.
1: Yeah, uh, Kerrigan, our, our resident legal counsel, was very upset that you did not do that particular That is a Pacino. classic in
2: legal circles. <laughs> they actually, I, I believe they, uh, they show that to you on the first day of law school. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, Greg Yolan is back. Matt Hi. Cohen is back, Yo. of course, and our spe- this week's special guest star is actually. Are you the first? F- you're not the first fanboy to come on the show. I think Kerrigan was the first Team Jack fanboy. Hey, oh, I've I'm listened part to that. every I'm episode. Yeah, you are the tallest motherfucker. <laughs> that <episode.
3: laughs> that's true. I'm six foot
2: five. Yeah. Oh. Five. Hmm. Yeah. That's. I'm wondering though. I weigh instead pounds. of
1: I don't want to know as the title. Maybe. Um. Big people, little world is a better title. I'm not sure. What do you think, Mike Cohen?
2: I think that somehow you being—I think my being in this room next to you—and I'm for next to Seth is what he's saying. I'm three, three, two. Uh, I think that actually makes you uh, larger somehow. It's like you know relativistic theory—you actually grow two inches when you're next to me.
4: And uh, actually, and right now I'm kind of a mystery because you haven't actually said my name,
1: Seth Sherman. you on Twitter.
4: I'm not on Twitter.
1: Are you going to get on Twitter? I don't think so. It takes like good. a minute.
4: Good for you. Yeah, but Go then I have to have something to say. I have nothing to say. I
1: know. You'd have no, to.
2: No, that doesn't stop anyone on Twitter.
4: <laughs> Can we just stand up for a second? I want to get a visual for myself. I'll you describe to... to your viewing audience. How, how, <laughs> yeah. how tall you are next to me? It's like a, a maybe what, a good My foot? head
2: starts at his elbow.
4: <laughs> no, I'm sorry. My head ends at his elbow.
2: <laughs>
1: how tall are you, Seth Sherman?
4: I'm about six foot five, I think. Wow. It's been a while since I measured.
1: Well, with your your um Star Wars measuring chart that you have taped to the wall, you're tall. You're almost at Wookiee height.
4: Well, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I actually have been for years planning to uh, find a Wookiee costume somewhere and wear that for Halloween. Without it the feels head, feels like a no brainer.
1: But with the with your eyes uh, covered with the black grease paint, but no head.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <That's a good laughs> so it would, uh, that would that would be a really
4: inside uh uh movie totally. industry thing. Totally. Look, I'm in between takes. But you see, I actually want to be a Wookiee. I don't want to just be like the guy that plays. I'll a play.
2: I'll play Harrison Ford uh, on set with a huge joint. Exactly. I'll just a I'll big fat
5: get get
2: blazed blunt. all night next to you.
5: I'll, I'll play uh, David Prouse thinking he's actually in the movie as Darth Vader, delivering <laughs> all. I only learned that like a week ago. Did you know Prouse delivered all the dialogue? And get me the prisoners. And, I want them alive. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Get me the prisoners. I want him alive.
4: <laughs> it, it is terrible when you hear
2: it. You, the, muffled, the Eddie Izzard is. bit about that is amazing. When really? he talks about, you know, Luke, I'm your father. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, poor... D- well, he knew by then, though. Because he'd, well, he'd he been knew, replaced he on uh, New Hope. He never bothered to see a new hope.
2: Um, no, he's probably boycotted the whole
1: series. I, right.
4: th- I think I actually heard that he went into the theater and did not realize he had been replaced oh. until he actually saw it in the theater and then was mortified. Wow. That's kind of familiar. But, I mean,
1: Darth Vader without James Earl Jones' voice is inconceivable.
2: Well, inconceivable. And it is called Star Wars episodes one through three. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs>
1: um, so Seth and I have known each other for how many years?
4: I'm gonna say it's like close to five, four or five. Are you serious?
1: Is really?
4: It? Yeah. Well, it was. I we were introduced by a dead man. If you think back now,
1: that is so true. That is so true. That's weird, really weird. And we will not speak further of that. Okay. But yeah, oh. the person who introduced us, um, killed himself. Oh, I just spoke further of it.
3: <laughs> 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 That's right.
1: We won't name. We won't name him. But he was Jacket a sweet and a big, big guy, and it's still a total circuit. mystery as to um, why he did it. Yeah, I mean, it's as, very mysterious. as as are all
4: suicides. We won't give you any more details. <laughs> So you guys know that
3: one
2: part in Star Wars, when um, uh, in the second one, when they go down into that thing, and then thing think it's a, like a hole, but it's a slug, and then they have to get out? The space slug. Uh, that was a hard right, in case you didn't notice.
1: <laughs> the space slug, which you can now buy as an oven mitt oh, from thinkgeek.com. Oh, I, think I own I have Along very, with your Wampa rug. Wampa rug, uh um, Tauntaun sleeping bag. I, have,
2: I just got Did uh, they actually Han make them? Solo
1: ice cube. Yeah, makers. and when you unzip it, it's all intestines. Grey. Yeah, it's amazing. It's perfect. Well, it was
2: and it was introduced as a gag. Like it was yeah. an April Fool's joke yeah. that they were gonna start to, to market it. So many bag. people tried to pre-order it uh, yeah. even though they didn't realize it was a gag that they you know, George Lucas, I'm sure somewhere realized he could license it and make a trillion dollars. I'm
5: I'm still waiting for the do back fleshlight. It's coming. <laughs>
3: oh
5: don't you God. don't you fucking it's coming, literally. That's the tag phrase too, the catch line. No, 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 no. A do back fleshlight. <laughs>
2: yeah, <why not? laughs> I don't I, get it. That was your best that was your best George Lucas impression there. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, it should be like if anything, I don't, if there's anything sexual. The Dianoga from the Trash Compactor.
5: Rangor. I mean not the Rangor, the Sarlacc.
1: The Sarlacc pit pocket cruise.
5: fleshlight. There you go. Yeah, that's ooh. Get your dick stuck in there for 10,000 years or whatever. <laughs> yeah.
1: Slowly digested.
4: Boom. You could do a R2D2 vibrator for the ladies. It's true. A little well, a little got got the bit, ladies like a shake, who are a like
2: That's what they call those things, the bullet. Wide. Things.
1: Anyway, where's my sharp left turn? China's
5: with giant circumferences.
1: back to suicides Um,
2: (laughs) oh god so
1: um, yeah the guy who introduced us knew that I was a huge fan of little people big world the reality series on uh, the learning channel TLC TLC. Uh, and he also knew Seth uh, and Seth on that show for how many how many seasons did that show run
4: I did five seasons of Little People, Big World.
1: How many seasons did the show run?
4: It was six seasons. And I was around for the first one, but I wasn't working on it.
1: Right. And on during the course of those five seasons, you were... I well, was Let me producer. see if I get this right in order. <clears throat> writer, producer, editor?
4: That's correct. What do you mean, writer? Would you put it in that order? <laughs> uh, yeah, I started out on the show as strictly a producer. Uh-huh. And then over the course of the show, I, I sort of taught myself to edit. Mm-hmm. And here's a dirty secret about reality television. It pays more to be an editor. So I, I sort of like, you lose a little cachet, like, uh, just being an editor. Uh, but it, it's, it's a, it was more lucrative. So I moved, I moved in that direction.
1: I actually think for some, for a big chunk of our audience, which are, which is, uh, beloved Twihard Nation. And yes, Summit is now Lionsgate. It's official kids. Um, yeah they will they will be interested in more than just Little People Big World and we'll come back to to uh Little People in a second but roll the rest of your credits cuz I think actually Greg Dylan and Matt Cohen will be interested in your credits um, as well. Um
4: I started out back in the day working on like a uh, real world road rule stuff mm-hmm. and they, nice. then there was a series of things called The Challenge where like young kids would uh get together and and uh, battle each other. Hunger Games. Yeah, exactly. And uh um, <laughs> except for there was yeah, nothing interesting about it. No
1: one melted or exploded. I
4: wish they had. There were some people who really wanted to explode on that. <laughs> Did
1: anyone eat feces?
4: Uh no. I'm
1: Irish, think- so that's my I'm Irish American, so that's my obsession is the eating of the feces. Irish American. Never- <laughs> by the way, like this this uh this this I'm podcast is getting filthier by the episode. <laughs> it's <so> true. <laughs> Irish,
4: I have like a <laughs> i think the grossest thing i saw on that show was they had to eat uh cow entrails in south america Uh huh. so they literally had the colon of a cow and really? i don't know how i don't know if they scrub the colon but i'm guessing they don't <laughs> that <ain't> that <laughs> no You've
3: really it's <laughs> true <laughs>
4: but here, here's the thing like a chicken mcnugget at least it's flavored they put they put lots of chemicals well, and it's flavored when you dip it
2: in the sauce Oh yeah! Before that, there—that's that, just cow intestine flavor. And,
4: and it, <laughs> but it's fried, and it's you know, just like hot wrangling dogs, wrangling.
1: Fo- folks. It's all lips and assholes.
4: <laughs> Judging by the expressions on these kids' faces, um, <laughs> it tasted like asshole because they started vomiting like <laughs> right away. I hope so.
1: <laughs> Did they really?
4: Oh yeah! And they had to—they they had to keep—they had to finish a whole plate of this stuff. That and was they
1: started the instantly groceries. vomiting. Oh, instantly like, well
4: probably within like two minutes like people are starting to go bah! where was was this in South America they this did in it? South America in Chile so there were there were there were, there were like <laughs> <laughs>
2: I like they got the proper yeah, yeah, yeah. I
5: like that there Chile. were probably there were probably a hundred Chilean children like fucking crying
4: for the asshole right. that they were throwing
5: up they were like <laughs> what are you guys talking about well, they were about? waiting
4: <laughs> under the table They were cat- that's like
5: cool ranch birds, Doritos huh? you know what yeah. I mean yeah in Argentina <laughs> we would
2: never eat cow asshole uh yep yeah.
5: Uh, On the movie Cop Out, there was a girl, uh, there was a PA of Latino origin, Um, like her dad was Cuban or something, but she was a white girl from like fucking New York City or Miami or something. Totally. And she (laughs) used to always do the accent. She'd be talking. She'd be like, oh, yeah, I went on vacation last week. It was fun. they go, where'd you go? Honduras. And and she would take thrill in talking to anyone she thought was Latino, like whether it be an extra or someone working on the crew, she would speak only in Spanish to them. And one day, uh, this dude walked on the set. He was playing uh, a waiter in the Mexican restaurant scene, and she started fucking going off. And he went, lady, I'm Indian. <laughs> oh, it made me so fucking happy.
1: <laughs> and he has the bomb. Roll with your credits, Seth. Uh,
4: and then I worked on something for Fox that was called The Rebel Billionaire.
1: Yeah, the Rebel skip Billionaire? Over
4: that yeah. One. and Well, it was, it's only notable because it was the show that was meant to compete with Trump's uh, The Apprentice. The
1: Apprentice, yeah.
4: And uh, it, it got okay ratings, actually, but... It was Richard Branson. Oh, I do remember this. Yeah. And it actually was a really cool show. Like the father of
1: virgin products for for those who don't know who Richard Branson is
4: and fabulously wealthy man and has beautiful houses all over the world. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was just, it was speaking of uh, speaking of
5: beautiful houses, I think, uh, it's called Necker Island was his big one. (laughs) It burnt down, it burnt down last year, like to the ground, like all of the property. He was there with like Kate Winslet and, um, some helicopter went to rescue them and there's footage on the internet. It's Richard Branson. Clutching this giant tortoise, and the helicopter lands. And they're like, Is everyone all right? He's like, Shh, forget the house. I saved my turtle. Like, he's so fucking excited. And the turtle is singed like black with char and shit. Oh, I love Branson. God. He seems like a cool fucking guy. Yeah,
4: he was really cool. And he's a nice guy, which made a it- code for stoner. <laughs> oh, I, I guarantee he's Gotta a stoner. Be. Uh, and the you know, thing
1: an Virgin Megastore and Virgin Cola and Virgin Atlantic and Virgin.
4: And he America. was in the He was. He started out as a promoter for bands. Yeah. And he signed the Sex Pistols after they were dumped from whatever label they were on. Wow. Yeah. And they put out
2: that incredibly successful yeah. second album. Oh wait, that never happened.
4: Really? The Sex
1: Pistols only have one album. Yes, sir. Is that true? Yes, sir. All right, because because someone else killed themselves. Uh, well, you just did that. Uh, yeah. Matt well, Cohen just put a gun in his mouth.
2: Yeah. Well, Sid Sid Vicious. Yeah.
1: Did he kill himself?
2: He killed Nancy, and then he, yeah, and then he killed himself. He killed himself.
1: All right, well, I wasn't going to do it because I thought it was in bad taste, but since you went ahead and fucking did it, it was Sid Vicious who introduced Seth That's and to right. each other. Oh, you can, He always knew I, he knew I loved the dwarfs.
2: Oh, I'd like you to make a friend of mine. This is Seth.
5: And I hate to cut back to, to, uh, small people, big world so quickly, but I do love that show. And I love it little for, a- people. little people. Sorry. <laughs> and I loved it for small a really kind of, completely different show. I loved it for a kind of perverse reason. It, I think it was Zach is the non dwarf one.
4: No, no, Zach is the little kid. Okay.
5: There was one brother that did not have it. There was only one That's person right. in the whole family.
4: There were two. It's like you've yeah. never watched the show.
5: I was watching it for those dude's story. I was I was fascinated with what it was like to be the only two average average-type people. The two normals. Well, well, actually, My daughter who's average height, Molly. See, I don't even remember the daughter.
2: It, hey, it's you're a, a big it's okay. fan she of f- Small such a People, in Big
4: World. Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> such a big fan of that show. <laughs> well, that was the, that was sort of the heart of the show. was like there's this uh, a little person kid, and he has his twin brother. It's not just like his right. brother; it's his fraternal twin brother who's like six feet tall and like yeah. good looking, and uh, you know has all the girlfriends, and he's a star on the soccer team. And this kid yeah, has no, to look it's like at a him. Greek God. And that's sort of like the the heart of the show is like like what are their lives like, yeah, yeah, and it's fascinating.
1: Have you watched that show, Yolan?
4: I've seen some of it,
1: yeah. I discovered it in a hotel room in San Francisco and literally like did not get out of bed. i They were in a marathon, obviously, like on a Sunday afternoon or whatever, and suddenly i was I was like uh on my sixth episode or whatever, and I was hooked.
2: That's like me in House Hunters International.
1: are you serious? Have you seen that show? No. But, of course, Matt fucking Cohen has.
5: Yeah, he's a big fan. And there's a there's a better version of it, though. I only caught it once. It was... The guy who
1: doesn't like the
5: house? <laughs> yeah, no, I know that one. Yeah. The version I caught, it was on it was like 7 a.m. one morning on Travel Channel. It was open house international, which means uh-huh. there were no people involved. It wasn't like, oh, we want a nice place. It was just fucking empty houses in different countries, what they go for. It was dope. This is a three hundred fifty thousand dollar Guatemalan. Sometimes when I'm bored, I'm like, I wonder how palace. much I could get from my money in Nigeria. Like I do the real estate online and shit. You can get like, dude, you go far enough, you get a fucking dope, you get a palace. I wanna, I wanna do, I wanna move to Europe.
2: Do you really? I'm, I'm going, baby. That's all there no, is not. to it.
5: I'm fucking going.
2: I know, baby, you dig it the most. You're not going anywhere. Well, uh, this this not right now, quote. but eventually. <sighs> What's I want to be an old Parisian.
4: He was, he was quoting Pulp Fiction. That was from Pulp oh, was Fiction.
1: He? Yeah, whatever. I've heard of it. All right, Seth, Do we skip over any credits on the way to Little People?
4: <laughs> um, there was a bunch of crap, but yeah, I, I've anything done a lot of reality. Sig- anything? anything? Any good crap?
1: Because yeah, Matt's seen all of it. Yeah, he's a big fan. <sighs> Matt, the vast repository oh, of I, pop culture.
4: I, I, I've done some, some dark, dark uh, shows. Uh, uh, something called Jackpot Diaries, which lasted oh. one season and was a complete bomb. And that was huh? about people that got millions and millions of dollars and then spent it in the most unimaginably stupid oh, ways. Oh, so <laughs> that sounds so good.
2: That
1: sounds so good. It's the box set on DVD.
4: How is that a thing? Can appear? I get it at discovery.com? It was
1: about
2: stupid people get, coming into a lot of money and blowing it.
4: And basically, but oh. the thing was, they didn't—they didn't try and frame it like, "Look how dumb these people are." They were literally just trying to show you what they were interested in. And it was just like, I would watch it and be like, I can't fucking believe that this postman from Florida, who's won $60 million in the lottery is, is lives in the same shitty brick house by the highway. And all he does, all he spends his money on, he buys like sort of like, um, uh, sort of 60s, 70s Mopar cars Mm -hmm. and doesn't do anything like cool with them. He just sort of parks them on his lawn. And Which huh. which is like, it, I guess if that's all you've ever known, it doesn't mean that's necessarily going to change once you come into money. That's that's what he kept doing. Matt Cohen,
1: open that door. Because you're burning the living room down. I'm like, oh, there's smoke there's there. there. Oh, wait. There's smoke over there, too. Is there a fire somewhere? Matt Cohen is our resident smoker. Cock smoker. What's oh, that? God. You just lit a fire? Um, <clears throat> Next.
4: Oh jeez, I'm trying <laughs> to remember the other shit. I mean, there's Come some really good like the hat Uh Something called "Face the Family," where poor fucking sap uh, kids who have uh, <laughs> who've never met each other's parents, they would uh be introduced to them, but they had to do it by themselves. So like, you would send them off to like the racist dad in Alabama. You know, the the black girl would go there, and the white boyfriend would go to her parents in Chicago or wherever. And it was just it was terribly produced, uh-huh. and I'm sure I'm at fault for that partly and, uh, <laughs> and, it, and it also lasted i'm glad season. that you
2: said that i'm I, I am because it's so easy to distance yourself in retrospect but as long as you admit that you were the cause y- yes. <laughs> of this poor uh this poor black girl's suffering
4: well there was uh uh conversely i also get to take credit for the good things like i actually liked i thought little people was a good show i agree and it that, is a good show. So, like, there were there were low moments, and those actually were called lost episodes, which was well, I I we took it as a an homage when you guys did that. Yeah, when we called Un- it, it the lost homage. episode.
1: Yeah. Have we arrived at little people?
4: Uh, yeah, I think we're up to little people at that point.
1: All right, little people, big world. For the uninitiated, it's a family living outside uh, Portland, outside Portlandia. I have not watched the Battlestar episode that aired last night. Anyway, um, they live on a vast expanse, Roloff Farms, which is open for how many weeks, weekends a year? For, it's like a month a year. And pumpkin season. When the
4: show started, it was actually, they would also open it up for peach season, if you remember. Right. But it's like 40 acres. And I, I think the thing was that what got people to watch it when they're flipping through the channels was there's this little guy, the dad, Matt Roloff. Right. He's not only a dwarf, he's on crutches. Right. Right. And he's a pumpkin farmer.
5: I think you could have just stop the little people. I think that's what... The, you're just flipping the channels. I don't care that you've got
4: pumpkins. I just want to watch little people. That's
2: TV. He's got a funny. Voice I, what are you too. talking about? The image of the guy with the pumpkin is the whole, the heart. <laughs> it's the whole, <laughs> the whole point of the fucking. Clearly, show. Greg
1: Yolan has not seen it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why? What happens? Was he crushed by a pumpkin?
1: No.
4: <laughs> one of his kids almost was.
1: Yeah, one of yeah, one of his kids was almost launched by a trebuchet. Anyway, um. <laughs> so it's a family. It's Matt and Amy, or mom and our uh, dad and mom. Yeah,
4: mom and dad. Little. Are people. you
1: gonna do your Matt Roloff?
4: <laughs>
1: Are you gonna do it a, l- a little more?
4: Um, Say I'll, I'll work up to. I'll warm up to it.
1: Because when you would cut episodes together, and you would have to lay in lines that were going to be recorded later, just to make connecting tissue yeah. to to make sure that the story made sense, That's you right. would do initially. You started doing your own Matt Roloff impersonation. I did. Where his where Matt Roloff would actually later record a line, but then you were told, knock that off. Is that true? Here's what
4: happened. Yeah, here's here's actually what happened. Um, you know, uh, there you have to explain certain things uh, in the story. Uh, you know, they went to a store or whatever it was. You know, they'd be like, you know, we went down to the store later that day and got Mm -hmm. some whatever. But so what's the name uh, of
1: the supermarket they always shop at?
4: What was that place? Fred Meyer. Fred Meyer. Yeah. So there's always credited
1: in the closing credit as like. Fred Meyer, number 1162. Yes, like,
4: it was so we, we didn't have to thank corporate Fred Meyer. Um, but so to, they would have the, you have this connective tissue, you have these, where we put these lines and we just tempt them in. And we recorded them at first in our own voices because we thought it was funny. We all did our impressions of Matt and Amy and their family. And then um, a tape went out the door. To be delivered to them for their review, they would review the episodes right, the, right before. They know. were full
1: producers on the show by the end.
4: Yeah, and um, Matt and Amy. A tape almost went to Matt Roloff of me going, Matt Roloff!" And uh, <laughs> and that was such a, a PR would have been a PR nightmare for them. Almost, but it didn't. Yeah, no. Somebody caught it, like, and I don't remember how they caught it, but like, uh, right. it was a last minute thing, and they and they pulled the cut back uh but uh so at from that moment forward they're like okay guys just read it with a straight voice no more impressions
1: right which is funny because when you were, when you would look at something in rough cut it would sort of be like then there was your there was your voice yeah all
4: of a sudden there's my muppet voice uh amy and i amy
1: and i tried to figure out how we could get the kids together at the dinner table um, for one last meal or something. So yeah. we
4: put together a picnic, yeah, and that kind yeah. of stuff. And 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 then it, you'll you'll hear my voice, and on the screen it'll say like temp.
1: Yeah. Okay, so they're the parents, Matt and Amy. The kids are the twins, Jeremy, uh, Zachary, Zachariah. That's right. Um, and then Jacob is the youngest son, and Molly is the sole daughter
4: Yeah, and and they consider her the brainy one in the family, Molly. But I think that's I think Zach
1: relevant. is actually pretty brainy.
3: You
4: think so?
1: I do. I yeah. think
4: he's he, he he. There are times when you're like, how come he doesn't know that that simple, obvious thing? Then there's other times you're like, you know, what? he's got a lot of insight.
1: He's super, yeah. He's super smart, I think. And I'm not just saying that because I got to eat pizza with him, you which did. was a highlight of my existence. Yeah, because when I when I go in. This all sort of ties back to one of the things that Team Jack sort of touches off all the time, which is fandom. When I go in, I'm all in. And for me, during that period, it was Ron Moore's Battlestar Galactica, and it was Little People, Big World. And by the way, that's it. Charlie Rose, if he had somebody interesting on, I'd watch that. But literally, these were the only two shows. Um, through Matt's former assistant, uh, I got to go up to Roloff Farms, uh, and then I went back a second time, and then I ended up meeting Zach through a friend of the family, Jennifer Monsingo, who lives down here in Los Angeles now.
4: What did you go for the second time for?
1: For one of Amy Roloff's charity events, the oh, first yeah. big charity event, which was like a tented outdoor thing and stuff. Maybe there was a golf thing the next day, and or you whatnot. got to
4: see that giant mammoth house after it was finished.
1: Yeah, their house went through many, many well, remodels.
4: Giant. No. By-
1: by
2: dwarf standards.
1: No, 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 giant by any standard. They only live in 8% of yeah, <laughs> it's a massive.
4: Yeah, it started out like uh I guess it was like a 2000 square foot house and Not it had quite three, a
1: shotgun, but yeah, it was a small.
4: That's like Mitt Romney size. And and uh it had um like a, a half little half big kitchen that they put in. Yeah. And then matt expanded it to be 8,000 square feet what?
1: do you know that for a fact is that the square footage
4: yeah, i think it was 8,000 square feet and wow i hope i'm not getting him in trouble with the washington county uh surveyors board or whatever the hell they love this show. it's
2: true they're into it
4: they, well he's, no, he's suing the county there he's always he was always uh getting in trouble with them for one thing or another
1: yeah code violations or are... yeah it's stuff like that, yeah.
4: But then they came on his property illegally, or, or I heard, and uh, they and did.
1: It's all on camera.
4: Yeah. Now he's suing them.
1: Amy, Amy tangled with an inspector who was trespassing to try and get a sense of what was going on with the, um, probably not quite full scale, but let's say half scale Noah's Ark that Matt had recently located and towed back to the property to be his newest attraction. For the uh, farm tours during pumpkin season,
4: this is, It must sound really bizarre to people that don't know the show, but the dad, this guy Matt, that we're talking about, and by the
1: way, I, there's every chance that Amy Roloff, who I'm Facebook friends with, will listen to this episode. I love Just you. Keep Amy. Keep that in mind.
4: <laughs> um, they, uh, they actually are. They're nice people, but but they. <laughs> I will say uh, that they've built all this stuff on their property.
1: Tons of stuff: Molly's Castle, pirate ship, treehouse. They're
4: like little. Awesome. They're sort of like Knott's Berry Farms attractions, kind of. Absolutely. And I think, in fact, I think they were inspired. I think that was where he it mostly he was inspired by Knott's from.
1: Berry Farm, as opposed to Disneyland or Six Flags. Yeah, because
4: yeah. I think that was the one that, that his parents could afford to take him to when he was a kid. Right. But yeah, like like all these. It's like imagine growing up on on a, a farm, and it's it's not just a beautiful farm, but you got like a castle. Yeah. You got a cowboy town. Yeah. And like a, they're, they're like, they are pretty, they're like movie quality. That's part quality of what sex. made the,
1: sh- they are movie quality. And, uh, that's part of what made the show bigger than what you might think the initial, the limitations of the initial premise were. Not only were each of the family members such great characters, just as people with sort of very distinct personalities. Um, but the setting was is spectacular, yeah, and a big part of the show honestly is was the um the way in which everything was presented the uh the way that the farm and all the landscapes around were constantly being shot, insert shots of turning leaves or clouds moving through the sky, all to uh, music by Joey Newman, who is of the famous Newman. Film music dynasty: Thomas yeah, Newman, incredible. David Newman, mm-hmm. Alfred. Alfred
2: E. Newman, I believe.
1: Alfred E. Newman. Now, um, <laughs> who did the famous uh Fox Fanfare? It's Alfred Newman. It's not Alfred E. Newman, but it's Alfred Newman. Yeah, I, I think. think it is. Yeah.
4: So, and, but yeah, he's he's incredible, and and what we would a lot of the time he put together a library when we started the show. He he had composed. I don't know, something like 60 cues that we yeah. used on the show. And a cue is just a piece of music. For- now, you, produ- you were producing the show, so you
5: got you were pretty hands-on. Did you ever see – was there ever a negative reaction from that community at large yeah. due to some kind of – maybe uh, 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 imagined exploitation or something? Because I don't – I think it was the opposite of that. I think it was a well, celebration of them. You know what I mean?
4: Well, there were, all, there were a handful of people that always somewhere had to object about something, like anybody, like anything, like any show. Uh, but the vast majority of little people, actually, we would hear from kids, little people kids that said, you know what? I used to get made fun of all the time. And now, uh, and, uh kids accept me because they all of a sudden they had a context for what it was like to be a little person. Did the, did the roll offs themselves ever
5: object to any kind of editing or footage that made them maybe seem Stereotypical, like trying to reach up onto shelves and sinks and shit. No. like
4: No, as a matter of fact, just the opposite. They wanted people to see what they went through, as specifically that was part of their mission in doing in the Hotel show in the rooms, first place.
1: Supermarket shelves.
3: Yeah,
4: yeah. And I'm, I'll go even further than that. They were really, uh, to their credit, up until the end of the show, they let us put some really unflattering stuff. Which is their, what made their, that
1: show yeah. great reality television is it's warts and all. It's not some glossy piece of bullshit.
4: Yeah. And, and, and the it was uh, uh, more than probably any other reality show that I worked on. It was, you know, 98% of it was what happened. And then there's a little bit where we'd have to, you know, like, oh, guys, we missed you walking out of that door. Can you do it again? Or we need you to talk about, introduce this idea because you know it happened when we were not filming on a on a Monday or Tuesday yeah um but other than that everything that you saw was actually stuff that was happening in their lives and that and that made a huge difference
1: yeah the family was constantly bouncing off each other too i mean it wasn't like they were all getting along with each other no, so well all the, all the time
3: the marriage, marriage was cool. in trouble
1: yeah and by the way so it ran for 6 seasons you were on it for you were around for all 6 but you had a credit and you were working full time on it the for five time. out of the six. Yeah. And have you kept up with the specials since uh, then? I I there hear was just one on there's one on tomorrow night concerning Zach and his uh new relationship.
4: Yeah, he he has an average height girlfriend. Yeah. Um here's Greg's the Greg's
1: bored out of his mind, but I promise you within <laughs> I'm about not bored. I'm within not, about five minutes of this, we're gonna leave this cove
4: um, no, no, no! sail no. our
1: pirate I, I ship I back you, out too. I
2: warned you when I came in that I'm in a Korean barbecue coma this morning.
3: Okay.
5: You <laughs> said meat coma. which What
2: sexier. Oh, uh, meat A meat <laughs> coma. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I
4: don't even know what I was saying. What was I saying? You were saying... So the Zach holiday
1: specials... A normal, normal oh, yeah. girl. So after the show goes off the air, um, Matt Roloff contracts with Discovery Network's TLC and Gay Rosenthal Productions, GRP, who produced the show, to produce four...
4: Four specials, yeah. And yeah. I think, I think he always wanted to, to, to keep doing something. He would, he would sort of play this game where he's like, ah, we're, we don't want to do it anymore. But yeah. I think he It's really, also income. Yeah. I I think he liked Outside the income. Outside of pumpkin season. Yeah. He, I think he liked the income and I think he enjoys the platform. Yeah, of course. You know, to get whatever message he he's He enjoys the platform. <laughs> <laughs> don't
1: make those cheap little people jokes, Greg
3: I've
1: already,
2: to, I've already said, before we even got onto this, that I'm three two, so <laughs> I, can not, um, I can say it. I can say it. You're not a
1: what they call a person of you're not a person of short stature.
2: I am I not? You, you don't qualify four, four for a person of short, short stature. You know, I, I, Sorry, I don't, I don't want anyone to tell me that I'm not short. I got picked on when I was a kid for being short. I get to say really? I'm short. I you own that now. Yeah. No What's one that, gets Seth? to tell me no, you're not a short person. It's like, no, I'm fucking short. He he owns that now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Keep that microphone close to your face, Seth. Yeah. We know what it's Put like it for you. Put it in your mouth. Amongst Seth. the redwoods, up there amongst the treetops. <laughs>
2: okay, so wait, we were talking about the four contracted specials
4: that Matt Roloff is yes. producing. Yes, okay. <laughs> Seth, have you watched them? <laughs> no, I haven't. Here's my dirty None secret. of them? I've never seen an episode of this show broadcast live. Or, yes, or but the that's first why you have of a of DVR. It. Yeah, no, I've ne- I, I actually don't. I don't have a DVR.
1: Uh, would you like me to loan you all my DVD box sets?
4: Oh, absolutely.
2: Um, watch out i think that under sopa you could both be prosecuted for that for loaning dvds isn't sopa going away uh well potentially obama hasn't committed to vetoing but right
5: however however, they did just convict i think it's uh surf the channel maybe the british kid who was running the Mm -hmm. um the streaming website they just convicted him in, yeah. in American court, like they extradited him from his country. He's like, I've never even left England. They're like, We don't give a fuck. You're coming back
3: get with now, us.
1: And you're going to, uh, get Mo. Yeah, oh, that's shitty. Enjoy your Al Qaeda neighbor. And soulmate. Great wireless
2: be <laughs> it's true. You have to, someone's peeing on you all the time, but you have really good. You have five, five Only bars. when you're dead. <laughs>
1: Keep Too, it topical. Touche. Um, well, I've watched them and they're pretty good. And I can't wait for tomorrow night's, which will
4: maybe be the third and or fourth.
2: How and old final.
4: is uh, Zachary now, Zach? Yeah, he's in that in that range.
5: I I got a pitch for you, dude, for a spinoff. I heard all, all.
4: tall motherfuckers like you. You, you know what's yeah. funny? They actually tried that. I would watch it because I <laughs> I would watch it to hate them. I don't. They never even got that far. They they put out a casting giant call.
5: freaks regular.
2: They world. wanted they
4: wanted a circus <laughs> tall. And, and the thing is, is that whenever you get into like these. You know uh, these sort of like the freak show reality shows. Uh-huh. You quickly realize how important it is to have people that are good characters. You know that right. are that are interesting people inherently, because if it's just their freak thing that lasts about five minutes, and yeah. then you're like, okay, I'm 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 just flipping the channel.
1: Yeah. But
5: they would bump their heads on doorways.
4: I actually, I, I, uh the the same production company, GRP. They uh they they said they were gonna do this, they put out a casting call, and I saw it, I thought it was hilarious, so I emailed them like, Would well, you want me to work as a producer as that talent <laughs> on the show? And they're Oh, well, maybe a producer. <laughs> uh, yeah, they wanted like seven foot tall yeah, they motherfuckers.
2: Want, they want the Shaquille O'Neal seven two. Yeah. Wow.
4: And you know, like a whole Hakeem family Elijah of freakishly one. tall people. And there and are some out but there. they're but they're boring. That's the thing. They're not yeah. interesting. They're not Running well, a pumpkin an farm an with stereotype. crazy attractions. Very true.
2: Tall people, the taller you get, the more boring you get. The density, the density of personality Danny is hilarious. Danny DeVito is a, is a, like a, a dynamo. He's a, he's a, like a fucking, he's like an atom, you know, he's just pure energy. Look at and that Warwick he, Davis show. If now. you were to stretch out, if you were to stretch Danny DeVito to seven foot tall, he would be so dull. True.
4: Yeah, tall is not funny unless you bang your head.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Then it then it gets a little funny. Um We're probably done on little people. Speaking I'm of, of freaks, you know, have you guys seen the movie <laughs> you are really <laughs> done with it. Have you seen <laughs> you don't the work movie there Freaks anymore? recently? The Todd Browning film Freaks? N- uh, no. It is it's uh, you know, I really only watched that recently. It's really one of the greatest films. How about ever.
1: The Hilton Sisters? What's up?
2: Uh, wait, what?
5: The, the horrific thing about the Todd Browning thing isn't the disfigurement so much, is that there's like a rape in it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like all, like all of a sudden, all the little people and like the fucking pinhead guys, like they all surround this chick, and it's fucking kind of disturbing.
2: And well, that's she's uh, don't they writhing her in the, into a freak. Yes. And, and how do they do that? They turn her. N- into that's a... never explained. Well, she becomes like a bird creature at yeah. the end of it, and and it's not explained how it's. And just by magical. the way, let's
1: just say. Really nice transition there, Greg (laughs) Dylan. Thank you. From 2025 minutes on Little People, Big World, the challenges that that dwarfs face in modern society. To has anybody watched Freaks lately? Okay, no,
2: no, 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 no. no. But but Freaks (laughs) isn't. And then yeah, those little
1: people surround that girl. What are they? I think they chop off her arms and legs.
2: It's an incredibly interesting film because it is so it's it was marketed and to an extent still is marketed as a horror film mm-hmm. but the uh the real villains of it are the normal humans that's right and the the freaks are the ones who uh when you know the the chant wanna of us one of us one is actually us, you know it's acceptance it's yeah. it's not uh it's
1: goobu not you know, gabu, goobu goobu isn't that it
4: yeah google gobble, google gobble.
2: yeah and then gaba, they go gaba. we accept
4: you we Yo, accept gaba, gaba. you well that's where the ramones came they took uh their the gabba gabba from from freaks, freaks. yeah huh. they're big freaks fans
1: huh
2: yeah it's
4: amazing
1: they're all dead suicides
2: it's no
4: they're not all dead. <laughs> there's like one there's there's actually i, there's saw, one left. One the, the I one. saw one of the pet cemetery i saw one of the re- no joey's dead no joey's, joey's dead, dead because dead. he turns re- up in
1: william shatner's brilliant song uh you're gonna die and joey
4: ramon well, Marky Ramon was actually selling spaghetti sauce in the Venice Whole Foods about a month ago. What? what? I, I, I don't know. He has spaghetti sauce. But he was there signing bottles of spaghetti sauce. And I almost got a bottle. Yeah, right.
1: Crystal Skull Vodka. Yeah. How fat is he? Sad. Sad Panda Express. Um. Were you done on Freaks? The Hilton Sisters
2: yeah, what about, what is this connection? Who are the Hilton sisters? The, the Hilton, Hilton sisters were
1: Nikki two Paris. no sweetie. They're two um <laughs> Daisy Sweet. and Violet, two Siamese twins oh, joined oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah were the subject of the mu- a Broadway musical side show that's composed correct. by Henry Krieger, who composed uh, Dream um, a I great, would say about show. fourteen, fifteen years ago,
4: there was a Broadway show about conjoined called Sideshow Side show with an amazing yep. score
1: that may or may not be revived uh, sometime in the near future. What do you know, Morrissey? And moving on, hard, r- hard left turn. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So there we are. I think we got everybody up to speed on Seth yeah. Sherman, who I will definitely be recurring. I think Yay. we're going to have to do more podcasts a week.
5: I got a good, good sidetrack for us. Uh, movies coming out. So Haywire, which I'm psyched for. Yeah. Uh, they just announced a couple of days that all of Gina Carino's dialogue was re edited to make her sound have a deeper voice. And I so want to hear her real fucking voice now I haven't yet her real I, voice is totally fine
3: it's, oh, it's i don't strange. get it I don't get
5: it yeah
2: it's not like a david Proust thing it's not uh
3: actress
5: that's
4: kind of like what they did with Ian McDiarmid in the last couple Star Wars movies when he becomes the when he's unambiguously the evil emperor once he' burn yeah off they his send face, him through the his voice goes down. Yeah. Like, two registers. They, like, literally digitally lowered He is never unambiguous in that fucking movie. The
5: second you see in McDermott <laughs> in Phantom Menace, you're like, bad guy, bad guy, bad guy. Oh, that's the bad yeah, guy. but, you know, once he, he talks, tonight, you know, every fucking... Yeah, Mitt Ry- you didn't watch a Republican debate? Remember when Romney was like, I like health care, young Padawan. It's most <laughs> fucking... Like, dude, you need to bury the lead a little bit. We all know it's you. You look just like him. Yes. We, there's not enough subtlety
2: in no. Wars, the no. Saga.
4: <laughs> The
1: best actor in the saga, though.
4: Yeah, he really was. And Totally. Uh, and I, I love that they lowered the voice. Samuel no, L. Man. Jackson
2: is really unspeakably bad in those films. Yeah. yeah. He's a good actor. Well, is he? Still. Samuel L. Jackson is one of those actors, I think, that, that uh, matches their material – in, and it, uh, and that that swings across the spectrum in a bad film. Samuel no, whoa, 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 whoa,
1: whoa, be... whoa! We never said he swings.
2: <laughs> I well, I didn't mean that. I don't. I don't mean that. I'm having especially given our affair. previous
1: discussion of potential homosexual subtext no, in not... the Star Wars saga.
2: Oh, I was there. One did I miss that?
1: Well, you don't listen to no. episodes that you're not on, do you, you little no, bitch? No, I have
2: this thing uh, that you guys don't have, which is called the day job. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's weird. Um, this is my day job. I'm in, I'm <laughs> so, like, you take Samuel so L. Jackson in fucking, I, I you know, Pulp car. Fiction. That's one thing. That's one end of the spectrum. And then mm-hmm. you take Samuel L. Jackson in, like, Arena, Stoke, co-starring our friend Kellen Lutz. Right. Uh Which is a straight-to-DVD release, uh very recent. And it's like, wow, I can't believe that... That's that, That's a person. That, that's a human being who did that. <laughs> <laughs> There's certain performances that, you, that are just inhumanly bad. and
4: I can't even blame Samuel L. Jackson for Star Wars, because no, he window. took so many good actors and made them into fucking cardboard cutouts. Well,
2: Liam Neeson, man. Mm-mm,
1: I feel like Liam mostly acquits himself, as does yeah, Ewan okay. McGregor, but Natalie Portman is awful. She's the one who really. And it's not She's her a great fault. actress. She was a great actress. She remains a great actress, and not in the Star Wars
5: saga.
4: I think. I mean, if Lucas saga. has a superpower, it is, is to destroy the acting ability of actors when they I get mean, his movies.
5: It, it, that movie, uh, Sith, literally has my least favorite uh, dialogue exchange in movie history, and it's. Uh, I th- I'm paraphrasing because I, I should have had it memorized, but it's. It's um. Why are you so in love? Because you're so beautiful, then mm-hmm. you'd say love has blinded you. No, that's not exactly what I mean, but it could be true. And then they fucking walk <laughs> away, and it's like, what, what, the? what the fuck just happened? Like, what, no human. Like, what the fuck? I felt like I got fucking raped by Lucas.
4: Oh, it's horrible.
5: Oh, uh, it was. It was. Yeah, and you know, I think the, frolicking with I those think fucking the best beasts. Best scene
2: in Sith. Is uh, and I believe and we're off to the races, kids. Just, uh, we're off to the pod races. Well, <laughs> no, 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 no. Here, Bunta the, the scene in Sith is, uh, the silent scene. Yes. In in which Anakin Skywalker is staring out at the city. Yes. And she is on the other side of it. It is Absolutely. unquestionably the the great scene of the first three movies in that series. Absolutely.
1: He is in the Jedi Temple. Yes. I think it opens with her in their apartment. She looks. Sort of across the city, there's yes. all those lanes of traffic in the air. He's in the Jedi Temple, and by the way, who nails the fucking shit out of that? It's sunset. Who nails the shit out of that? Composer John Williams it's for true. the motherfucking it is, win. It is an unbelievably it's creepy, haunting, portentous. it's very sad.
2: And it ends with a beautiful moment where uh, these, where C three PO walks out and bows to her, bows to Padme, and it's just a very. Cool moment where you finally, for the first fucking time, you're like, "Right, I'm in this world." Like that's yeah. that's the moment. Like you are
1: so right, Greg Eiland. Thank you. What's it, up?
4: It just makes you wish that the rest of the movies were like that.
1: By the way, I may have this wrong, and uh, we have to. I know so many people who are like Star Wars experts who know who you know read all these massive volumes on. I feel like that may be one one of the scenes that was either. Con- that was conceived and/or executed potentially in that movie by Steven Spielberg.
2: I would believe that, and from what I understand, that the was other a, one, a very famously being edition. the Jedi Purge, a very, very late addition to that film. That it was, it was found in editing. It was a moment that was more or less invented in the cutting room. Really, um, I, I believe so. Uh, huh. That's.
1: I've, it also ends, by the way, with Anakin. Uh, I think shedding a single tear. As he basically then goes to Kill Mace Windu. Kill Mace Windu, yeah. Yeah. It's
2: a, it's, I a watch re- re- it's a revenge brilliant of the moment. Sith again. Um I can watch it
1: just for I can watch it for that scene and I can watch it for anything that the Emperor is in.
2: Yeah, his scenes
4: are great. The dark, when, Darth
5: when? Plagueis uh, opera house scene is great.
2: Oh,
3: that's I, uh, fantastic.
5: I saw Revenge I'm of the Stop Sith it. once on opening night, and I will never, ever see it again for the rest of my life. That movie hurt me on a deep, deep level. I actually like uh Clones, the second one, yeah. Attack of the Clones. like I love the whole fucking Operation 45 or whatever, when they go kill when the Jedi start the war. I think that last 35 to 40 minutes was really fun. The Sith to me is like... Unforgive. That's the worst thing by far in in all six films. In my opinion, yes, it I, Fat Fat yeah, Sith is worse than the Phantom Menace. You've got because yeah. it just falls apart. It's the fucking Vader. No, it's. it's
4: February 10th.
5: Oh, I'm, I'm excited.
4: I mean, that, is, and you see that, man, and you're gonna be reminded It's how also awful just, if you track it, is. I
5: think I was 12 when Phantom Menace came out, Holy 14 shit. when Clones know, right? came out, and like She's 17 12? when Sith came out. So Sith was the first one I, I feel saw like like as an old, as a, old man. Sith is the first one I saw stoned in theaters, and I was like, oh, fuck this. Well,
1: maybe if you'd experienced it sober. Yeah, um,
5: I doubt it, man, I doubt it. What no. year were you born? 84?
1: Um, if you open that slider and go right off that balcony, <laughs> it'll be quick.
4: I gotta say the 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 first of those three is g- g- god awful, and that is definitely the worst. Second yeah. one had some good action in it, a, yeah. but a lot of horrible acting and a lot of horrible moments, like the fucking love story is Oof. is awful. Oof. Yeah, and that, But then I I really think the third one was the best of those three, and yeah. so I had to disagree with you there.
1: Here's the funny thing, you're as, being as I was far
4: too diplomatic,
2: as I was explaining right? to my, <laughs> you should be calling him a motherfucker. <laughs>
1: As I was explaining to my father this week, the interesting thing is, for kids born in the last, let's say, five years or from today moving forward, who experienced the Star Wars saga in order from episodes one through six, it's it's a steady climb, sort of. I mean, you can't really make the argument for Jedi, but it's mostly a steady climb upward from episodes one through six, the first four of which... Again, if you don't know anything about the saga, all you know are that, well, George Lucas directed the first four, and the last one that he directed, episode four, is he was really a good director by the time he made that fourth movie and then (laughs) turned it over. I guess he was really tired and turned it over to Irvin Kirshner for episode 5 and Richard Marquand for episode 6.
5: In my opinion though if you're a kid, let's say you're 5 years old right now your dad or mom gets you all 6 movies, right? You start one, two, three. when you get to 4 you're so bummed out by the lack of like CGI and 20th century visuals. I think the original trilogy No, because there'll be a
1: version for you that will make someday there will be a version Like a CGI
5: original trilogy There will be a version
1: for you of episode 4 That will fit right in continuity visually with the first three.
4: So you were, you're a lot younger. when, would, when did you see Star Wars? I was like,
1: uh, I saw the Star Mu- Wars as you define episode four, episode or what Ho- was your first experience with new Star Ho- Wars? Uh,
5: my first experience with Star Wars was the Muppet Babies episode where they parodied <laughs> Star Wars. And right. then I was like, all right, now I have to, I didn't get it. It was uh, Obi-Wan and Boney was Fozzie and like right. all that, they were in the fucking Dagobah. Right. And my next door neighbor had the trilogy on VHS, so I borrowed it. I must have been eight or nine, I think, when I first saw Star Wars. Right.
3: Yeah, and okay. I was
5: obsessed. I mean, instantly obsessed. Extended right. universe shit, fucking books, video games. Like, wow, probably eight to sixteen or seven until obsessed. You
4: right? went all in.
5: That was all in until Sith. Yeah. So
4: interesting. So it was like a two-year period then between the time that you first got into Star Wars and saw a new. No, movie.
5: it was a little bit more. Um, I'm gonna say I was in like second or third grade when I got into Star Wars, and I was already in high school when Phantom came out. So I was younger. I was like, I was older. Excuse me. I was like, because Natalie Portman went to my school and she was a senior. Because I'm trying to replace it now. So it was in high school. I was in ninth grade when Phantom Menace came out. So I was fifteen.
1: your cigarettes smoke
5: it's unbelievable they're like they're like show business
1: cigarettes the
2: best part cohen you went to school with natalie portman yeah have you
1: i think so yeah
2: oh again i have a day job
1: (laughs) (laughs) is that just your catch-all excuse for why you didn't vote in the last election yeah uh, and why you don't recycle i was at work and why you don't
2: Donate time to a charity. I couldn't go vote for that John McCain character.
5: (laughs) (laughs) You Um, were the only one. However, if it'll make you happy, I didn't go to high school with Natalie Portman. I went to high school with Natalie
2: Herschlag. Herschlag. No shit. Well,
1: well. Jewish code. Israeli. Not just Jewish, super Jewish. Israeli. Yeah. And she uh, maintains a residence there, does she not?
2: Yes.
4: Israel, Israel.
1: Have you been there, Greg Yolan? To Israel?
4: Yeah.
2: No.
1: Seth Sherman, you're Jewish, aren't you?
4: Yeah, I'm. A, I'm a half Jew. Yeah, just like
1: Greg Yolan. The two of you together on that couch, we make you one make Jew, one complete <laughs> Jew. <laughs> when are you going to make your pilgrimage?
4: I'm never going, as far as I know. Why? Uh, I, I mean, I would, I would go at some point, but like, yeah, it's one of those places. Like, I have no. Burning desire. I will do. No, the, I will do the
5: birthright care. tour thing as soon as they dome it over, install air conditioning, and vacuum out the sand.
4: <laughs> really? I want
5: nothing to do with that see, part of the I, world.
4: I, I, I'm into, and I'm I, a
5: traveler. I want nothing to do with that here, part of the fucking world.
4: Here's what I like. I like. I. I want to see all the ancient stuff. Sand vacuum. I want. I. I would love to see the desert. I don't care about that. I like. Uh, I wanna um I like the food, I like Middle Eastern food. What I don't like is crazy people shooting at each other. Mm. And so so I yeah, I'm not I'm just not drawn to to go there. It's like
3: hmm.
2: But don't you think that there would be fewer crazy people if, you know, as Matt suggests, we either vacuum or or just carpet the whole Holy Land. If well we carpet the Holy Land wall to wall
1: That's interesting. Like a nice cream shag. Or what if it instead of carpet you're so fucking tacky and suburban, what if it was a lovely seagrass? Well, Which that would, sounds, in some way, still seem like a natural uh, floor covering. I it like the lovely. dome idea because, as,
5: as everyone knows, the entire Palestine-Israeli conflict just stems from the fact that, like, people have rocks and sand in their shoes, and it's like annoying to it walk around that with that. Yeah, they're ornery all day. Yeah, you know, sand in your crack. You know what I mean? You get sand in your fucking food. True. Sand, sand in your falafel. I believe, oh. I believe, is a hit hey, single. Hey,
1: hey, 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 hey. <laughs> oh wait. We have so, more than one person. <laughs>
2: Wait, was someone... Was someone that's that's so Sherman's trademark. That and and I don't understand. Hey,
4: no. Yeah. Hey, now. <laughs> I got it from the Stern Show, which is probably where you got it. Hey, now. He got it from uh,
5: Larry Sanders.
4: Yeah, well, there was Hank, right? Yeah. Was hey, now, Hank Kingsley. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I actually think that he got that from... Phil Hartman's impression of Ed McMahon on yes. Saturday Night Live. Who got it from Ed McMahon? <laughs> Ed McMahon,
2: Steve
4: Allen, and everyone stole everything from Steve Allen. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. I don't think actually Ed McMahon. I don't think he ever actually said "Hey now."
2: No, he never said "Hey now." He said
3: "Heyo."
4: Hey-o. Here we go. oh ho, ho, ho. You are
2: correct. <laughs> you are correct, sir.
1: <laughs> Not such a good Ed McMahon, Greg Yellen.
4: Well, it sounds like Pacino. He's
2: not. He's not doing such a good Ed McMahon uh, himself anymore, is he? <laughs> Zing, because he's dead. Suicide? Uh, yeah. He he killed himself with old age. With, yeah. <laughs> it's a blunt, a blunt but effective weapon. Old age. Killed himself
4: with old age. But if you remember, Ed McMahon was in the news right before he died because he nude? lost all of his money. He was That's in the correct, nude. Yeah, that is correct, sir um but he, yeah, maybe he, he should have been on money. your
1: maybe he should have been on your uh another one of your famous one season reality shows
4: well i was hoping he would be the the mc for a show i was um planning about uh retarded kids that sing it was called <laughs> getting downs <laughs> Oh my and, god. Hell. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, he was going to be the MC. Oh
3: my god. He, he was
4: it was going was to be the host. I don't if get, we're if we're going I there I get offended. If we're going I'm there offended. the
5: single best thing I ever saw was with my entire family we were at like a restaurant in Florida and on the television at like, it was like a diner they had a um, a telethon that was on and it was for kids with down syndrome but they were singing and playing volleyball simultaneously. And and that's it, awesome. the entire restaurant was fucking glued to the screen. It was wait, wait,
4: would you not watch that show if that was on television? It. No. No, I really wouldn't. You would watch that. If you were flipping through channels you and you saw a, a next-to-death The retard fun out. Have you never seen How's Your News?
5: No, I have How's your news? Do you know about how's your yeah, news? Yeah, how's your no, because news Because I have a day job. It's the same sort of thing. How, you dig how's your news. I have a day job. <laughs> Trey Parker and Matt Stone got a group of like – uh they were doing it by themselves first, I believe. No,
4: no. I think it, uh, there was they a – They initiated it, Trey and Matt? No, there was a – no, no. There was – they didn't initiate it. There was a, a counselor that got them into doing it. But he, he basically takes – uh I don't know what the – PC term is but there were retarded, retarded folks.
5: There were like seven retarded people, ranging from people yeah. with Down syndrome to people with just uh really bad uh autism and, and emotional disabilities. And he makes a traveling news team out of them and it's they produce awesome. news shows and they made a movie out of it too, like a whole documentary. But they travel around the country in a van, like interviewing people. And it's amazing because not once are the newscasters or the mentally handicapped people lampooned. The comedy isn't how so called normal people Talk to and react to, you know yeah. what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's
4: not. It's you're not laughing at the retarded folks. No, you're it's, laughing just, it's at the sasha Cohen people. thing. You're laughing. at right, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, laughing yeah. at the the
2: uh, amazing things that they're getting the interviewees to say. It's fucking amazing.
5: You have you ever seen Jack or heard of it? No, I don't watch
4: TV. <laughs> I don't
5: think it was ever <laughs> on television. Then.
4: Uh, no, I think I heard about it first on This American Life, also a podcast.
1: I don't listen to NPR.
4: Well, I write the check once
1: a year though. KCRW.
2: Yeah, but what are you? Herman Kane? What are you? A Herman Cain you don't listen to NPR? <laughs> hmm? Herman?
4: I think this American Life is the best fucking storytelling It's amazing. I, I totally am with it. I you. don't listen to
1: storytelling.
2: <laughs> did you did you see the Ira Glass I sex live tape? With one. Did you hear the Ira Glass what? sex tape? There's an Ira Glass sex tape? Oh man. Wait it is it is heady.
5: <laughs> what? And there's random <laughs> jazz music pumped in in the background. No, I'm I am glass. Thing. Uh I prefer Prairie Home Companion if we're going for pretentious radio NPR shit. Well, I
4: actually came here today because I thought that's what this was.
5: Yeah, no, this is Garrison <laughs> Keillor. You didn't know?
4: Really? When, it, when is the singing, he's start?
5: slumming it right now. Yeah, yeah, Garrison yeah. Keillor, bound and gagged in the basement. Yeah, place,
4: yeah. Man. Don't you? You and Matt do the cowboy bit
5: and like the hillbilly boy marching band. Like they're down there too. Everyone. Uh, it we're, um, we're sponsored this week by.
1: Kind of like Hitchhiker's Guide. It's one of those things that, as, as I was growing up, I was always sort of vaguely aware of. Because when I would go to shopping malls, horrible which was movie, as often as I could, did you just correct my grammar?
4: No, I said I said Hitchhiker's was a horrible movie, by the way.
1: Oh, okay. Yes, this is true. Um, <laughs> From that first fucking
5: dolphin song, I was like, "Oh, we're fucked."
1: <sighs> that was bad. Light up, yo.
5: Oh, but
2: I had already been there. <laughs> Wait, what, what were you saying, Jack?
1: All right. So, growing up in malls, Walden Books, B. Dalton, um, I was aware of Prairie Home Companion because of the countless books, the countless, you know, Christmas, holiday, you know, audio tape, all this stuff. Here's what I want I want a Prairie Home Companion explained to me, all right, simply. I want to know a little more than I know, but I want to know <laughs> one minute's worth. All right?
4: I give you less.
1: Uh, no, you can have a full minute, but I want and I want to know where. What is the setting? But, up. up, up one nineteen. It is one nineteen in the afternoon as we record this. <laughs> hang on, hang on. We're gonna wait for one twenty.
2: Oh Jesus! <clears throat> what if that means it's yeah dead air for sixty seconds? No, you can. No, Forty-eight um, seconds.
1: You can riff, Yolan.
4: Bam. Wait, are you, are Bam. you waiting for? You don't even. Are you? you yeah. Yeah. You don't even have a stopwatch. a, stop with watch, with a watch, but a hand I'm too lazy. gotta wait for it to come around.
1: I'm too lazy. So you're
4: like looking at a digital I'm sure clock.
1: am looking at a photograph of Eric Odom as a vampire. There is.
4: There's a timer.
1: Yeah, I know. Okay, go.
4: It's a contemporary version of an old-time radio show set in the Midwest, in the prairie. Where? It's in the north, north Midwest, like the edge of the prairie. It's like Minnesota, I think. And that's correct. And that's the, all it is. And they, they bring on old timey music and they do old timey radio sketches. That, all have, fictitious. Yeah. And, and, well, no, they'll also bring on guests that, that's do, right. Like that sing and like will, you know, do their own bits. It's, it's like a cabaret
2: in a, in a way. Yeah. It's like a radio cabaret and, and in
5: front different theaters
4: around the country yeah.
2: And you, it's
4: done now. Is it? Is it over with? Oh wow, I didn't even know
2: about. Well, that. I think that Garrison Keillor had like a stroke several years ago. Um, oh really? Yeah, two
4: years ago he yeah. had a stroke.
5: If you uh, if you really want want to know about it, Robert Altman's last film was literally *A Prairie Hill Companion*. It's it's the show. It's one night of that show. It was and that. And speaking of was. of gentlemen who who had
2: health issues later in their life, Altman was ill during the making calling. of that, and uh, P.T. Anderson. Who acted as his uh, assistant director on that ended up finishing the film for him. Oh wow! Oh really? So it is in a sense a
1: collaboration. This is a good <laughs> podcast, by the way. All this stuff that we've covered—it's a good podcast. It's a—is
4: really, that movie worth seeing? You
2: know, uh, yeah, yes.
5: There are some great performances in it. There are some weird Virginia Madison that has like a ghost angel thing. There's some weird elements to it, but for the most part, Keeler is awesome. Just to see a Garrison it's, Keeler movie,
2: yeah, is kinda great. and really, you you can, I mean. Any Robert Altman movie is worth seeing. I think even the bad ones, even the bad ones, <laughs> even the ones that are like generally considered whiffs like Popeye are really or worth. Or Pirates. Seeing. Um, was was Pirates Altman? No, no, it that was Polanski. Polanski? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I Extra mean, he's, credit. yeah, pretty much every every Robert Altman movie. Like, Who starred in Pirates?
1: Everybody's favorite Walter pirate, Mathow. Walter Matthau. As a fucking pirate. Are you kidding me?
4: That's sort of like Edward G. The Robinson year was
1: 1985. <laughs> yeah, something like that.
5: Speaking uh, of... Uh,
1: ridiculous.
5: That was like five years before Grumpy Old Man. He was like 72 years old.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. Not a hit. Tore that ticket at Clarkson 6. Did not find any steaming piles of cum in the seats.
2: I'm missing all of these references right now. Every <laughs> one of them, you, is because no, one, I'm came. Going over my no head one came. No one, because I'm a short person. Came? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no one came. I guess. No one came. hey I Hey-oh. <laughs> I, uh, I just saw the new Polanski movie this week, Carnage, which is like a full 78 minutes long, and it feels like double that. <laughs> um, which this is, is which is sad because the film he did before that, Ghostwriter, I think is phenomenal. Huh. I think that movie is uh, Ghost
1: Writer. Ghost Writer, not Ghost Writer.
2: For Spirit people invention. who listen to the podcast,
1: the and ghost track down every single reference that we make and Ed add Fierce it
2: to Brousen, their Netflix. I don't know Williams.
4: However, that's the Ghost Writer is a different film than you. the Ghost Writer.
5: The it's called the Ghost Writer. It's not Ghost Writer. It's oh. Ghost Writer.
4: Oh, okay. But it's also not that, Ghost. That, writer. That's the one where she's a a, a Nazi and he's. Or is that the, my confusing things? There's, there's there. There are no Nazis in this one. Here's where this also
5: gets interesting, though. So it's not Ghost Rider. It's Ghost Rider, but it's also not Ghost Rider. What's Ghost Rider about? (laughs) Because Ghost Rider was a show when I was a kid about a little yeah i remember PBS. about an emoticon, a flying <laughs> an emoticon it was a it floating emoticon and you had to keep a journal to write down the clues on your own end of things don't you so think it, that was a it really asked you to do a little bit of work as an audience which i thought was nice was yeah, that, that just was like good. a
4: really horrible way to get kids to like learn and does that really work i do watched kids, every episode kids get so tricked probably, by that? yeah it was yeah. that
5: in carmen san diego you had a block that and, and wishbone
2: yeah wishbone God, we're talking a lot about public television today. <laughs> so what you know, about, Mike,
4: what was Ghostwriter about? The
2: Ghostwriter was Ewan McGregor playing a, a ghostwriter who's brought in to write the autobiography of a Tony Blair-esque prime minister, former prime minister, disgraced former prime minister, uh, of, of, uh, Britain, obviously of Great Britain. And, uh, and it's a really good movie. Directed by Roman Polanski, like like director one of, of one such of classics, classics as Chinatown, mm-hmm. Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. Um, Love
4: both those films. Ninth
2: gate. The Ninth was Gate. was that the Johnny, Depp, Johnny Depp one? Depp. Yeah, yeah, I really
4: like that movie. I Based on, uh, people hated that, but like I really the liked it. The
5: Shadow of the Winds by Carlos Ruiz. I like books so much.
4: That the the Phillies catcher, Carlos Ruiz. No, what? <laughs>
5: Uh, my fav- I love books so much that my favorite movies are oftentimes movies about books. And that's what Nightgate is. It's like a fucking Europe book fetishist kind of thing. Oh, I see there
2: movies, movies, book movies book that are literally about books. Yeah. You're an
1: interesting person, Matt Cohen.
2: <laughs> I like movies so much that all of my favorite books are major, mo- major motion picture novelizations. <laughs> to, the, to the extent is that, that I won't actually read the originals. I'll just read the novelizations. The is that bo- true? Oh, yeah. Is that really true? No.
1: No. See, in the 70s and 80s, novelizations were where it was where it was at.
2: I do remember reading the novelizations the, the for the most like Dragon Slayer, uh, Alien novelization before I saw Alien. Yeah. Because I was under the impression as a kid
5: that Alien that was, was based so on scary the novel. that I really shouldn't watch it. And I and I read that book when I was like seven. I used and to. It was great. I used to read almost all the novelizations, but the problem was I would read them before I saw the movie, and they were almost fucking usually shot-for-shot shot descriptions of the. Yeah. Uh, so it spoiled like Batman. Like every movie I saw as a kid, I read the novelization of first. Jurassic Park. Do you guys remember the sequel novelizations they did sometimes? There, I, that was, I, that read was that. my go-to. Green Planet, ET. I fucking read that. Happy that Hollow was, Bean, y'all. That
2: was horrible. Lando Calrissian and the Mind Harp of Sheru. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, look it up. Are uh, you serious? Lando Calrissian and the Mind Harp of Sheru. Oh, that's
4: amazing. There's, yeah. I remem- he
2: goes to get that fucking mind harp, and let me tell you, <laughs>
1: <laughs> he gets more than he bargained for.
2: <laughs>
4: I read one that was the the splinter of the mind's eye
1: by Alan Dean Foster, which famously was sort of a that was the Empire Strikes Back before it the was, Empire Strikes.
4: Yeah, Back. and 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 even then they had that problem where they start to do they you know they do Ralph things McCrory that do on the cover. Yeah, but it, but it, it had nothing to do with any of the the canon Star Wars. However, something I discovered
5: recently, and it's kind of different, is novelizations of comic books, which are actually kind of badass. Like, there are X-Men novels and Hellboy novels and, like, Spider-Man novels. There are
2: also video game novelizations. There's a whole Halo series.
5: And I haven't fucked with those but like um, for an X-Men I recommend fan, you not fuck with them. <laughs> for an X-Men fan, 250 plus pages of narrative involving like Wolverine is kind of fun regardless of how campy and sort of C-listy yeah. novel it is. The Hellboy novelizations are actually really fucking dope cuz I think Del Toro had a hand in those.
4: I thought Hellboy was a graphic novel before it was a movie. It was. It, it was
5: phenomenal
4: graphic was a comic novel.
5: Word.
2: Well, yeah, yeah,
4: what's the difference? Uh oh! Fuck. <laughs> Opened a can oh, of worms. Jesus here goes our Christ. show. Uh,
5: this is real geek territory here. Okay, um, common misconception: Watchmen is not a graphic novel because it's a series of comic books collected into what's called the trade paperback around okay. the mid '80s. I just I, they started calling trade paperbacks graphic novels because it sounded somehow more important. But the comic book industry has thought about that. A graphic novel technically is a self-contained story in one. Published comic books. So uh, uh, Pride of Baghdad by Brian K. Vaughn. Like Sandman. That's very good. Not a gra- See, and that's a graphic novel. It's yes. one story, boom. Sandman, not a graphic novel. Uh, regular comic book collected in trade paperbacks. All Alan Moore has never written a graphic novel, and yet V for Vendetta, Watchmen, League of Extraordinary
4: Gentlemen. So what is Watchmen called again? What's that? It's just a comic book. It was 12 but, issues. What but, is it when it's all together like that? A trade, trade paperback. paperback. Trade paperback. If it was okay.
5: originally published... If it was originally published in single issue form, it's called the trade paperback. The you only- know what
4: else it is what really dated. No, not really and awful.
5: What? <laughs> wow, we just got to a whole another fucking podcast. Watchmen.
4: Watchmen. I I, I threw it out oh. there because I knew it would be an unpopular opinion. Oh, a great movie. The comic or the movie is awful. <laughs> well, for, the movie is like uh, is is almost like frame for frame from it's the comic. It's almost too perfect. And I fucking I thought it's the movie was movie. horrendous. Oh, and the comic was just like. Real data. People set it up so big for me. They're like, this thing. Oh, you got to read Watchmen. It's the best thing I've ever read. It's my favorite book. People would tell me. Yeah,
5: it's one of my favorite books ever written. It's definitely my favorite comic book. Um, here's the thing with Watchmen. If you're talking about. If you're talking that's, about, that's good for if you're talking obviously. about the Cold War, Reagan yeah. kind of, uh, Big Brother 80s indulgent uh-huh. thing, that's not why Watchmen is important. It's a uh-huh. deconstruction of superheroes for geeks. It was originally the Justice League. It was Batman, Superman, R- Rorschach now. was the, um, uh-huh. the original Sandman, <laughs> yeah. uh, Silk Spectre was Wonder Woman. They wouldn't let him did use you- those characters. Did- do you so know it's why literally is, think about it, it's literally like what would Batman and Superman and all these guys do if they weren't allowed to fucking
4: be heroes anymore.
1: I said when I invented this podcast, no comic books.
4: It's true, he did. Well, I, I have to I have to say this maybe the reason that I I hated Watchmen Oh my, I've never heard so much, maybe, maybe I maybe, maybe it was maybe I was so indifferent to awesome it. Awesome. But maybe the reason I was so indifferent to Watchmen was that I was never a big superhero guy to begin Which with. definitely
5: a big that like, would definitely hurt you in enjoyment I, of Watchmen.
4: I think the thing that maybe that uh, part of what Watchmen was supposed to be about is n- is not just what you were saying, um, you know, what would they do when there can't be superheroes anymore? But isn't the whole notion of superheroes kind of fascist? Yeah, absolutely. It's kinda of, kind of like author, authoritarian it's like it's it's And they hit on that in Watchmen. Yeah, I mean Watchmen is the all comedian comedians are fascist. Yeah. Comedian is a fascist
5: or, or Ozymandias is a fascist and Ozymandias like, yeah. is, is a fascist. He's German
2: that, too, I mean yeah. That the ends justify the means and he's creating a, a perfect world by purging Jolan gets it. corruption.
5: And, and I,
3: I,
2: it's
5: also about it's about the Reagan era, the fascism of the Reagan era. You got to remember at this, this time in comic books, people were doing like Spider-Man versus Stiltman or like fucking Batman versus which, which the egg monster. And this was like homosexuality and and um, uh, fascism. And this was the, the most adult comic books has ever been. Watchmen changed the entire game for the for an industry. Richard Nixon. Ozymandias.
4: <laughs> Is it really Richard Nixon?
5: Uh, he, he, no, no, the the gay guys in Watchmen were part of the original Minutemen. It was, um, the hooded, hooded justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Mincy in the movie. Cause he's Mincy in the movie because he's that it's that, actually, fucking, it's the that actor. That movie. It's that guy from fucking Matchpoint or whatever. What's his name? Um. Matthew. Horrible something? movie. Matthew, Matthew Good. Matthew Good, who's not an amazing actor, but yeah, he kind of he kinda of goes a little eighties
2: androgynous like,
5: with it. That's where I can see where you're getting the gay thing from. He's hanging out with like Mick Jagger at Studio 54, and it's all like fucking Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frosted tips, I believe.
4: But I I mean I th- I always found superheroes so ridiculous. I mean, I liked him when I was like seven or eight, but then as I got older, I was just like, it's the same fucking story over and over again. It's like yeah, but so is Star Wars, and so is
5: every fucking world. These are all based on archetypes uh, that go back. You know what I mean? Like, Superman is uh, the, the fucking hero myth, is Indiana Jones, is they're all, like, we're all dealing in the same fucking pool here. It's just, you don't like capes, you don't like capes, and superhero? bad guys called, like, Hat Man.
4: You go to Comic-Con.
1: You gotta pick a major. Mm-hmm. My right. major is Ron Moore's Battlestar. We all know we're sick of it. What's your major?
2: What'd you major in at Comic-Con? What's your
1: major in as a... I don't even want to use the G word because it's G-E-E-K. is so tiresome. But <laughs> well, what's your major?
4: Well, I mean, I love... Twilight? I love Battlestar. Mm. I thought that was fantastic. And mm-hmm. that's the kind of... Like, there's a... There's a t- when you watch Battlestar... You want to go back
1: to that again and again?
4: Yeah, yes. I do because it, tell, it tells you there are real human stories in that that mm-hmm. transcend the setting. And I'm eating almonds, and the setting happens to kick ass too. This is great because we're
5: the opposite human being. You just nailed what I don't want and stuff. Real human stories. Like I never, I like Battlestar, <laughs> but I never got into it as much as I could have because of the underlying Christian allegory and like the whole fucking what?
4: Well, some of that's bullshit, but they they also turn that on its head. Uh, like I don't think that. I mean, there's there's. There's
5: too much gravitas going on in Battlestar for me. I want cool things and shit blowing up. like.
4: But in but it, the one thing I will say about the religion in Battlestar I mean, is... They, there's
5: more gravitas going
1: on in your life, Matt Cohen.
4: They, they build you up a lot uh, in, in Battlestar, making you think that there's all this portentous religious stuff going to happen. And then at some point, they pull the rug out from underneath you yeah. on purpose. Yeah. They say, like, guess what? All that was bullshit, everybody.
2: Just like these almonds. Yeah, I love that. I love that about Battlestar, is that it, it does demystify the idea of uh, this religion that's so foreign because it doesn't have any real basis in what we as human beings on the planet Earth recognize. Right. But it, it creates like Some a, a perfect parallel to that and then, and then destroys
4: it. Yeah. And I love that. I'm eating almonds. I think Ray These almonds are great. Ray Bradbury.
1: Even you, Matt Cohen, who refuses all food and drink.
4: Uh, are you
1: smoking weed? What are you smoking out of that pipe? Cigarettes. Cigarettes. It's weed. <laughs> We're on the air right now, Mr. Moore.
4: Who cares? Is that illegal? Smoke, Matt smoke. smoked can you not smoke weed on a not podcast? Not the first person. Not the first person to, <laughs> uh, first under, person under to sopa, smoke weed in this living right? room. I thought you could only smoke. You could. You couldn't do a podcast without weed. Weed.
1: Yeah, that's Have that's we that's talked that's about
4: it? it? No. I've smoked. I don't know. No.
3: Yeah. I
1: haven't. I've never Yolen's smoked seen any. Me weed. No. yolan has to pass a piss test tw- twice a month for work
5: for my day job hey hey <laughs> when you bust out the almonds you really? I bust out the weed come on that's how the world works <laughs> what do you think was going to happen here the party
2: now I recommend a product for anyone who does have to take a pee test uh, it's a false urine called urine luck <laughs> <laughs> And I am not, and that is not a joke, and it is remarkably effective. Is
5: it the full out, though? Because there's two kinds of anti-drug tests. There's a false urine where they send you a package of false urine, and then there's a drug test where they send someone in the room to watch you pee, and for that, they make false penises that emit false urine. This this doesn't have the false penis.
2: I mean, I have, listen, I have a false penis, but (laughs) it's not for that. Because that's creepy. It's not for that.
1: It might be the best episode of Team Jack ever. <laughs>
4: it's it's
2: an extracurricular
4: false penis. Um, I guess they have to manufacture different colors. Can go a little longer. Oh a, yeah, a all false peeing dicks.
5: Totally. Think about this: they make dark band aids. I just found that out in like recent <laughs> years. They make band aid for like African American people. They're like shades of them too. Like yeah, um, how dare they? When I worked on Cop Out, we were in a lot of ethnic neighborhoods and you go to like a corner store and you'd see like a world of products you had no fucking idea existed like cocoa butter. black band-aids cocoa butter for instance you don't eat it i found out
2: rub it all over you it sounds delicious cocoa butter is like the most important thing in the world to black women
5: because it's they're true. Yeah, skin means ma- like, they maintain their it's, skin it's an,
2: and it is a very very popular product among black populations and white people you know that's why just, we're all blotchy and Neutrogena pale. bullshit
5: dial soap that look at us we're disgusting yeah they radiate you know what i mean we have the worst this room has the worst flakiest
2: skin
1: i'm having dinner with my dermatologist tonight are you how fucking la is that
2: is he gonna chemical peel you between (laughs) salad and entree
1: (laughs) he's uh he's a gay dude i think i feel like i brought him up on the podcast before His father produced platoon and porkies. Oh, yes,
2: yes, yes. You have brought him up.
1: Arnold Copelson is the father. Peter Copelson is the dermatologist's son. He's hilarious. We should have him on. He fucking power washed many of those acne scars right off my face with industrial strength. It's true.
2: Jack's face is
1: like the Joker's warehouse. It's
2: it's shiny. It's shining. Mm -hmm. Wow.
1: Shining through.
2: Shining through. There's a tiny Melanie Griffith sticking out of his nostril.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This year, Matt Cohen. I learned something interesting about Greg Yolan this this week. What? Who knew that before Greg Yolan made the fateful choice to be an agent's assistant at William Morris? Yeah. Prior to the merger, that he was almost the assistant to the not quite had anything going yet, <laughs> Judd Apatow.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, I was like, how would Greg like, Yolan's life be for different? I the Apatow job. And I had, and I, I'd, I'd, this is funny, I'd repressed this memory. I'd actually repressed it, and I remembered it like recently. And what, like, you oh, went oh. and
5: interviewed for it?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was close, and it was like right before 40 uh, Year Old Virgin came out, and I, Somehow, in my mind, I was like, I could either work for Judd Apatow, who obviously I... And I knew who he was at that point. He'd already done Freaks and Geeks. He'd done Freaks and Geeks. He'd worked on Stiller show. Another guy from my hometown, too. From from being a kid. And then I thought, but I should probably go make all the connections I can at the William Morris agency. Where it's
5: like, funny, uh, about the same time you made that life decision, I almost was Brian Singer's assistant, which would have put me on a way different fucking path. We'll have to save that till next time. I
3: thought
2: my... Yeah, <laughs>
5: right. we'll save we'll save
4: the,
2: the 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 I was almost Brian Singer's assistant <laughs> discussion for next time.
4: I, I have a much worse story than both those. Who's assistant? Were you gonna name? It's worse than that because I actually was this person's assistant.
1: Are you gonna name this person? I'm gonna not? name them. I'm Are
4: gonna you name really? Names, yeah.
1: Are you really? Yeah,
4: because by the way, because I I actually never signed a non disclosure agreement.
1: That's yeah. just like David. Did you see what David Cross said this week on television <laughs> about a.
4: Chipmunks? Uh,
1: I mean, I'm about a producer on Chipmunk? I'm
5: the big, I'm, I am literally probably one of like the biggest David Cross. Mr. Show is my fucking life. Like that's that, great show. Uh, uh, the reason I am here today is because of Mr. Show. I'm wow. Old, I'm the old, reason you're here today <laughs> is because of Mr. Show. Yeah, man. Um. Uh, I'm over David Cross, man his uh, I read his book, which came out a year ago And it was half funny and half just angry Bitching shit, but it's like, dude, you can't Be angry and bitch because you're that guy You bitched about for the first half of your career Like, this is your third Chipmunks film You're talking shit about, motherfucker Don't sign a contract for three movies Yeah, he's, yeah,
4: he's an all He's awesome. been
5: in all fucking three of them and he's still talking shit It's like, dude, fucking eight million dollars ago and, and a contract ago You had a choice, you know what I mean? I still. That like is him. A,
1: per, a perspective not often heard this week. Matt Cohen, Win, Seth, go ahead and annihilate yourself.
4: I want to talk about David Cross for a second. I actually, I, I mean, I, I agree with you on one level. He's, he's kind of, but I still like him. I think he's funny. Yeah. He's
2: just not that yeah. Angry, walk young, it Walk Indian. it back, Cohen Walk no. it back <laughs>
5: He's just so not what he first stood for Which was angry, young, indie fuck. He has no reason to be angry He's dating fucking Amber Tamlin Fucking 15 yeah, and years and he's,
4: Yeah, and he's fabulously wealthy
5: All he talked about in his first album was how like Oh, Hollywood's bullshit and everyone's fake And he kind of is a fake Hollywood He has the trappings of a fake Hollywood dude now Let's put it that way he,
4: he, he's, a, he's a hipster made it big um, But it was funny when I was driving up here uh He was actually on. This is the weirdest thing. There's some fucking NPR. Uh, oh, it's a show. Uh, it's like a quiz show. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Yes, and well, I thought the dude, the announcer, it. was dead from wait, that. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Not, um, so, but he just called in on that when I was driving up here. He was the call-in guest talking about the chipmunks and complaining about it again. Wow. But uh anyway, so I'll go, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the person yeah. that I worked for. I worked for is a This
1: by the way, is this gonna jeopardize the podcast?
4: I don't think it's gonna Slander jeopardize and him. libel. No. Because I, I won't say I won't say I, I won't give any any really bad details. <laughs> but believe me, there's some bad details. But I'll just tell you <laughs> okay. who I worked for. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna
1: George s- Lucas.
4: No, I worked uh, dude, that would <laughs> Who'd you fucking work for? Yeah. Go. Steven Dorf. Oh, it's see, it's not even like it's a good. Speaking of many people, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he. Uh, I, but the thing I is, like say you say
5: Dorf and all three of us were like, "Yeah, I can imagine everything you say is true." Like, no, I don't what? think anyone's like not Dorf. No,
4: I say <laughs> Deacon Frost. No, that the the some motherfucker is always trying to ice skate uphill on the right. What's amazing about working for Steven <laughs> Dorf is how low you feel, because he is like he's a guy that's always sort of like struggling to break through. Uh-huh. Like he, he was, he was, uh, he should have been famous. He was a big villain in Blade, and then what did he do?
2: Yeah, he didn't. Well, yeah, he. Well, most recently, he was in that. Uh, no, he was in Immortals. He was in Immortals as like a supporting. Yeah, God. Well, he was also in <laughs> Sofia
1: Coppola's. So he was movie in
2: the somewhere. terrible movie somewhere. But
4: that guy deeply and painfully feels that status, and when you work for him, you feel it. <laughs> By extension, because you know that <laughs> as as lo- as bad as he feels about... Every
5: day going in, you're like, I'm a D-list assistant.
4: Exactly. Like, That's I am
5: like, an assistant to someone who like hates himself and yeah, everything about exactly. this town. Why if, was
2: he so upset? If he was, I mean, if he, was he had a happy guy. popular series of how to play golf videos. And, <laughs> yeah, Dorf on golf. Dorf
5: on fishing. He's right. There was a Come
2: bunch. Come on.
4: Those are hysterical. I, I think that was Tim Conway. Uh, I've never uh, heard of oh, him. Oh, Steven
5: no. Dorf.
4: <laughs> his father a composer? was a TV composer. Yeah, so he he's, he was born into Hollywood in a way. Yeah. And I think when he, he was in the movie... I just up-
5: imagine you get paid in Coke and sadness when you work for Steven Dorff.
4: Definitely the sadness part, but he, he he's actually surprisingly he's not a Coke a valley in.
1: I, <laughs> a he he's, he's, he's seen a ballet party or two as a young
3: man. I think he's seen a stripper or two in his life.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, you but, mean he was born and raised in Hollywood and he yeah. screwed up?
1: <laughs> no, I think he was probably born and raised in the valley
4: I think you're right yeah. yeah, it was the valley Which is
1: a certain thing that I'm I'm totally interested by And I don't know that, for instance, Brett Easton Ellis does such a good job of covering like What it's like for those kids who live in Encino and all that stuff Because there's definitely raunch and debauchery out there Oh yeah
5: and he, Or what it's like for people who aren't weird pansexual drug fucking monsters Brett Easton Ellis has freaked me out way too many times for me to still be a fan Pansexual, like Pit Pat
3: <laughs> what
4: pit pat is probably that's the best oh, really? fucking segment it's pit pat um i
2: got to see i actually got to see mr show live series. on their b- very brief uh nationwide tour and there was a phenomenal sketch which they did just for the show about a, a how they Globochem, which is this corporation that recurs through Mr. Show, had been secretly mining out the center of the Earth and taking the dirt and bringing it to another planet they built in outer space that was going to be a gated community, and and this new planet was called. Glen Meadow Estates. <laughs> and I, uh, I mean, that's the brilliance of, of that show. And David Cross could literally become the most awful prick. Uh, and I will still love him. And actually, yeah, yeah. I thought that his appearance on Conan the other night, not to bring too too far back, was really funny. He did this amazing thing where he set up a clip. From Todd Margaret, his his IFC show, uh-huh. and the setup for the clip goes on for two and a half minutes, where he's just <laughs> describing everything that's happened to lead up to this moment, and then the clip itself is two seconds, <laughs> which you you know he's yeah. he's still he's still playing he's, play, he's still it. playing with the fucking format. He's still totally. pretty fucking
4: smart. Yeah, totally. certain people inoculate themselves by doing some really piece, good piece of work earlier in their career. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they do nothing good for the rest of their career, and he's one of them because I that agree. show was fucking. Yeah brilliant
2: it's it's geni- pure genius bob odenkirk is a genius and and i apparently is on that uh, breaking bad program which i haven't seen
1: oh really yeah i haven't seen it either
2: he's yeah well he's I, the I next series
1: it. i'm taking on is um and a big shout out to laura cristiano for giving me the street date for the dvd box that is game of thrones
4: i'm, I'm doing the same thing i saw I'm the first two on. in screeners
1: better, yeah yeah whatever matt nobody has time for
5: I'm taking I'm doing the whitest Book TV I'm okay, doing sorry. the whitest TV journey of all time. I'm gonna start Downton Abbey when I get home. Have you guys heard about this yet? Every white person in the world's loving it, man. Come on, there's gotta be something there. White people
1: Bill Condon uh watches it. It's it's soapy. You know the interesting thing, do you know who created that show? Well there's an expression going back to the well. You have a success for something, a cultural success, or maybe out here in Los Angeles, that success is sort of crystallized as an award season success. You get some critics' awards or you get some nominations or some wins. And then you go off and you try other things. And maybe they, they, some things work better than others or it all doesn't work so well. And then you go back to the well. You return to the well where you got your, you pulled up the bucket and there was a lucky...
2: And there was a fucking leprechaun.
1: There was a leprechaun in there with... A <laughs> Not gar- to mix metaphors. ...garden shears. There's a
2: leprechaun in the well.
1: But um a guy who found success writing... This is like a great podcast in terms of all the, the circular connections that keep coming back. Writing the probably last, most lauded Robert Altman Robert movie, film. Gosford right. Park, is a guy named Julian Fellows...
5: of uh jonathan strange and
4: mr norrell. norrell yeah is that is that in production
5: no it was years ago no. he wrote it but that's one of my favorite books ever that's written. fucking great it a book screenplay. it's amazing that they got a 600 page book he nailed it like it was a fucking great screenplay so he's not bad
1: well he went back so have to you went. seen gosford park yeah all right so you know what it is he created downton abbey more or less
2: He's going back to get that leprechaun. Yeah, if you know what it's I mean.
1: Earlier than Gosford Park, uh, <laughs> earlier historically than Gosford Park. But here's the thing. Um, huge in England. Like, as Bill Condon said, it's like, it's bigger than Titanic was in England. It is a, f- a fucking huge cultural business ratings sensation in England. And over here, lone, uh, known largely to Vast and wide audiences of older Caucasians through public television. Yes. Where it's introduced by our old friend Laura Linney. Exactly. For some reason. She introduces, I think she doesn't, isn't she like the new. She introduces everything on Masterpiece Theater or whatever. Sort of. I guess is so. it on Masterpiece Theater Downton Abbey or is it, is it, it's, it's its own, its own, own thing movie. on PBS? Oh,
4: really? I, I, I thought it, I thought yeah. it had been a Second season just
1: started last week, just as Abfab was coming back Abfab with its first back of, what, back, six uh, e- six, uh, e- six episodes for the new Abbott? And each episode, I watched, uh, I never did Abfab, never got into it, but, uh, Adam Eric, Doug Eichler down there on Fairfax are all. <laughs> into it so i went down and um watched this first new episode back and the weird thing was it's on bbc america which you're getting through direct tv through like the primo primo top top of the line direct tv receiver still looks like shit um just like the broadcast quality is so terrible it looks like you're watching vhs tape and then you watch the show you watch ab fab it's 20 minutes long and it seems like it's been hacked up. And then a couple of guys in the room who had actually seen the episode online in its entirety said that, yes, in fact, it has been, like, hacked up. And it's like we're hacking up twenty a 20-minute 20 show I think like eight minutes. I think we can't present in its entirety on BBC America. Because
5: what, American half-hours go 23? Th- I think British half-hours go 28. I think there's, oh, every time you see a British show, there's stuff hacked. Yeah,
1: it's just, it's like, Why? why don't we get the full thing no yeah, I don't know
4: I, I think it's that's retarded. That's, I wish that's they were importing
1: it's, a bad that's a bad stretch the show
4: out import. make it forty five minutes if you have to yeah, with you
1: stretching things out ha. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you?
2: <laughs> Two and a half hour podcast, ladies and gentlemen.
1: This is an awesome podcast, though. It's like a dense, dense lasagna.
2: It's like a lasagna Rich with, with some, meat and with some real good shit in it. It is. <laughs> with some Robert Altman in there. Totally.
1: Um, you want to wrap it up and go other places on your Saturday afternoon, Greg Yellen? No.
4: I have to, on, on the podcast air, before we hang up here, congratulate you on Castle Bacula. That was really funny. Thank you. Like when, like, I'm listening to the podcast and you're like, did anybody get that? Anybody hear that? <laughs> Bacula, Castle they Bacula. just kept
2: going. And then, and then Jack goes, this is the worst podcast ever. And I was like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Castle Bacula.
1: It was very funny.
4: Yeah. I, I was driving my car and I d- did. you I hear the end of that story crashed. though?
1: Well, uh, no, you didn't because you didn't listen to the last fucking episode because you weren't on it. I'm, Scott I'm, Bacula showed up at the front door with a bottle of wine.
2: You're kidding! Wow.
1: And we stood and bullshitted about largely about St. Louis and the neighborhood here
5: Shut the for fuck like
1: off. 30 minutes. I can't believe that. It was awesome.
5: Oh man, one would almost say he leaped to the front
1: door, guys. Uh, yeah, I oh yeah, get it. Oh geez, where's Dean Stockwell uh, as uh, Cavill from Battlestar to stab Matt Cohen fatally?
2: Um, I love. I love yeah, movies. no, he. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't. You know what? I hadn't heard that. That's
4: fantastic. Yeah.
2: I think, uh, if you have an in with reality television, obviously you do. Castle Bakula is the Scott Bacula show. I
4: like it. I like it already.
2: Scott Bakula inherits a Scottish castle. Mm hmm. You know, and he Tell goes, me more. and he's living in the, the, you know, yes. the hinterlands, the foothills,
3: the clan. Uh-huh. in a fucking Glen castle. Meadow. And he Estates. becomes, he, he I smell Emmy.
2: discovers, he discovers that the Bacula you know, clan is noble, uh, and in Castle Bakula. It's a I just I'd watch I just that. made a million dollars somehow.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
2: But I'd. you don't yet have it. <laughs> but, um but it's owed to me by the universe. Seth,
1: what are you working on right now?
4: I'm working on I just it's funny the Don't violate your nondisclosure uh, agreements. I'm son. allowed to say uh th- I did the last episode that was uh aired last night of Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Uh-huh. And Excellent. and now we're actually making specials, which you're going to see in like ten months, probably.
5: I uh, I don't ever watch the show, but if I ever stumble on the last five minutes, I weep for like an hour <laughs> every single time without my, a fail. My job is done. Every <laughs> single time I weep, I'm like, oh my god, and then I go back to smoking. It's a really weird fucking thing.
4: <laughs> That's a great show. It's it's my my happiest television job experience ever. That's great. Yeah, I really the nice people really, and it's cool to do something that isn't completely without any kind of humanity or merit
1: unlike little people big world which was full of humanity and
4: merit I liked that too oh the humanity that was that was good the, oh the humanity the only the challenge with Isn't little people was just our our production schedule was brutal like when you when you it takes 2 weeks for us to take like 40 to 80 hours of raw footage and make it into a uh, a 25 minute rough cut and that's brutal I could
5: have made a snarky joke about the, uh, (laughs) about the humanity, uh, home makeover with the fucking $30,000 a year taxes on those houses, but I'm I'm not. It's been a nice episode.
4: That's not true. They, for most of these houses, um. Do you know about that?
5: Like what? 70% of the people who've ever gotten a house on extreme makeover are out of the house within a year That's because not true they were at all. broke to begin with and they put them in like a fucking 18,000 square foot house with like a fucking no, no, no. jumble
4: gym yeah. and shit? No, they, if most people actually are still in the houses and there are, there are some famous cases where people had to leave the house or whatever. But, uh, I mean, it's gotta happen eventually. Just they've done over 200 homes. But the truth is, is that on most of them, you'll notice they give like, um, They'll do. They'll raise money somehow. Like they'll put together like a fifty thousand dollar house maintenance fund or whatever. So they usually they usually try and take that into account. They pay off the mortgages before they. Mm-hmm. But there's always going to be some fucking numbnuts.
3: I mean, <laughs> the,
5: the success rate <laughs> on, the success a on, and, on all those makeover shows is ne- like the Kitchen Nightmares thing. I think two of those restaurants are still open in the five years Gordon Ramsay has been doing that show. So like. You look it's the T V fairy tale that like they're gonna go off into the sunset all fucking happy. Yeah. The second the camera turns yeah, off and there like are craft the services stealing fucking. Well, and crackers. how many
2: bridezillas remained married, you know? Mm-hmm.
5: How would I would like to think all of them.
1: And I met a gay couple last night, uh, who actually met at a Ludo Bites here in Los Angeles, which I didn't which I also knew nothing about until going down to so called Barbary Lane South to watch that episode of Ab Fab, and then we ended up watching ludo bites goes to south carolina and cooks uh pig's blood pudding no shit
3: mm. yeah
1: are you satisfied seth
4: i am very with satisfied. your inaugural
1: with it. team jack experience yeah it was fun I'm, yeah we'll,
2: we'll have to have you back revenge of the seth that's <laughs> right. hey that's it. look
3: at that
4: hey yeah no i'd love to come back
1: that'd be good well anytime you the way it works is you bother me via text messaging and then I tell you when to show up, and you come up. All
2: right. How he names a time and a place. You ask no questions. By the way, that you guys are good. all going
1: to have to poop as a result of those almonds, and you can't do it here.
5: I think most food does that.
1: No, th- almonds really do it.
2: I don't I don't really know what to say after that. I think that's a
1: Missile in the Silo, Greg go Missile in the silo. I like Let's
2: how
4: everybody that's listening that. to this podcast is now forced to imagine that visual.
2: <laughs> yeah, but the good thing the good thing is they most of them don't know what we look like. <laughs> so they're able to put black bars over our faces.
1: Seth Sherman, he's not on Twitter, but he is on IMDb. You Thank you for coming, Seth. Look his credits up and me. whatnot. Greg Yolen on Twitter, who, whatever. I tweeted once. He tweeted once. I'm not ashamed. I'm on Twitter. Jack underscore Morrissey, two Rs and two S, is also team underscore Jack, where the lovely ladies will help you out with all your uh, Breaking Dawn needs. And uh, Matt Cohen on Twitter, camel toad. So disgusting.
2: I like it. It's adorable.
1: It's a camel toad. Don't think that's all It's a camel toad whatever cheers team jack on facebook and i guess that's it uh so what are are, is it going to be big people little world i think it should be
3: yeah can we do we have room for that long of a title
1: on the Smogcast? all right so episode 15 big people comma little world rap